0: We don't know exactly how contagious the coronavirus is, but I'll tell you, we do know how contagious our family emotions and behaviors and attitudes are. So this is what you also need to pay attention to while you're sanitizing your groceries. So, hi everybody. It's Lynn Lyons and welcome to our next episode of A Mom's Retreat. I'm here with Robin. Hi Robin. Hi Lynn. How are you doing today?
1: Uh pretty good. Pretty good. We're all sort of accepting this new world that, mm-hmm. you know, the feelings are the feelings are there. This is yeah. this is a big this is a big thing to manage.
0: Yeah. Yesterday was my crying day. I hadn't really cried a lot. Um, And I got the email from my son's college, which is also my college, officially canceling graduation. And I knew it was coming. I knew it was going to happen. The letter written by the president of the college was so sweet and kind of motherly. Um, I was so looking forward to having that event. I don't even know why, but that sort of opened the floodgates for me. Yeah, I cried
1: yesterday too for the first time about it. So, I think it's just we're all entering this next stage of grieving for our old ways.
0: Mhm. Yeah. And the the novelty has worn off. Um, sort of that adrenaline push that we had at the beginning. Um, you just sort of I'm just looking out my window now and there're just no cars and no people. It just the the world feels a little a little too quiet right now. So. at least
1: definitely up here in New England where we're more in the epicenter than other parts of the country.
0: Yes, I think you're right. I think you're right. So luckily the rain has stopped. That didn't help. We had a few days of pouring rain and the sun is coming out. So we will carry on, won't we? We will yes. we will manage this. Yeah. And I think that's what we want to talk about today really is is what I refer to as emotional management. Um, which I call it don't freak out your kids. Yeah, that's another way. You're good at making sure. I tend to say things in sort of a little bit clinical language, and you're good at making sure that I don't sound too psychobabbley. So you're right. It is. Don't freak out your kids. Um, and and I think that that right now, because we're so close together, we're all in the house together, we're all on top of each other, and people are trying to do all sorts of different things, that it is a little bit, challenging um but i think really what i want to talk about today is the importance of you modeling a way of managing your emotions because kids right now are really looking to us Um, Particularly if you have littler children, younger children that can't really understand the enormity of what's happening. They just know that their lives have been disrupted in weird ways and parents are home and it can feel good for little kids to have mom and dad around. But they're also Looking at our expressions, they're listening to our words, they're picking up on our emotional energy. And the thing to know actually is that we are hardwired to do that. So mirror neurons, paying attention to the expressions of other people, picking up on the emotional energy of other people is something that social creatures do. So there's really no way around it. And so it's really important at this point for you to recognize how vital it is that you manage what you are feeling. Now, when I say emotional management, I do not mean emotional denial. I don't mean I don't mean dismissing your emotions. I don't mean minimizing your emotions. I don't mean rationalizing them of saying, you know, you shouldn't feel this way or you shouldn't be reacting that way. But what I'm really talking about is when you have these thoughts when you have these emotions how do you respond next and it's what i refer to as step 1 versus step 2 so step 1 so you're one, talking about the you're talking about the basic
1: anger or stress or mm-hmm. fear moments that parents are going to experience all tensions high and yeah. you're talking about just a really powerful wave of those emotions, right? Right,
0: right. So I'm talking about um panic. I'm talking about f- f- sort of fretting. I'm talking about that that nervous energy, those uh, losing it, right? And that's what I'm talking about because it really is okay for our kids to see us tearful. It's okay for our kids to see us uh, you know worrying a little bit but it's when we take it up to that next level that makes them feel scared it makes them feel insecure we need to be we need to be as solid as we can right now on the outside so step 1 is that you're going to feel those thoughts and feelings and emotions and there's really not a way to get rid of those there's really not a way to mediate those things when they pop up Step two is how we teach our kids and model for our kids uh, handling them when they arrive. Because there are certainly better ways and worse ways to handle strong emotions, as, as we all know. Um, it is It is a parade of emotions that we're going through right now. All sorts of thoughts, all sorts of feelings. And so we really want to think about flattening the emotional curve um and what what i mean by that is that there is some mythology about um the need to get it out of your system right that that i just i just oh i just got to get it out of my system and people who are my age or older, you you younger listeners aren't going to remember this, but there used to be these, these seminars, these groups where you would go, and what they thought was that if you're feeling angry about your childhood or whatever, that you really needed to get it out of your system by emoting. So they would give people Nerf bats or baseball bats, and you had to bang the couch or scream or yell. And somebody actually said, why don't we do some research and see if all of this big emoting actually does get it out of your system? What they found was that the angrier that you behave or the more out of control that you uh, let your emotions get, the more out of control your emotions get. So people who started out angry and then were acting out in this way actually ended up angrier. And so that's an important thing to think about, because the idea that if you emotionally vomit on somebody, the idea that if you get it out, that then you will feel better is really kind of a myth. And the reason I call it emotional vomiting is because what happens is sometimes when we unload in that way, just like vomiting, right? Your your stomach feels upset and you barf. Oh, gosh, I feel so much better now. But you've now vomited onto somebody. And so your family members are now wearing your emotional vomit. So even though you may feel like you got it out of your system, you're actually showing it and passing it on to your kids. And it doesn't really get it out of your system as much as you may think. Well, I think a lot of
1: us understand what you mean by having a really angry episode, but tell me what a really emotive vomiting moment could be if it's more about like freaking out and worry.
0: Mm -hmm. So that would be the catastrophic language. So it might be um, that you're your energy is up. You're pacing around. You're you're talking about um, what, what's going to happen. We don't know. You're you're expressing all of this uncertainty. You're you might be freaking out about whether or not anybody in the family is going to get the virus. So all of those anxious behaviors, which actually come from fear and come from panic, which as I have said many times, if you're not feeling at all anxious or worried right now, you're not paying attention. But where it gets into that level is that you you are talking to your kids repeatedly, um, your physical language, you're, you're, you're hyped up. So what, what anxiety does to us, what this system does to us, is it pumps us full of these hormones, noradrenaline, norepinephrine, um, that are supposed to jack us up. So if you are jacked up in a way where you feel frenetic, that is the equivalent sort of the anxious emotional vomiting. Um, and it may be that you you deal with it by getting more rigid, more controlling, that you're not capable of tolerating noise or you're yelling at your kids. That's the kind of stuff that we really want to pay attention to right now.
1: Yeah, emotions of all kinds are clearly like universally running high. So I could imagine parents experiencing um Struggle with managing things, maybe in the way that they were able to a month ago.
0: Mm-hmm. Right, and when we when we talk about when we talk about how we would respond. So, what, so what if you might be thinking, okay, so ugh, guilty as charged, right? I'm one of these reactors. I'm one of these over uh, overreactors. Um, what what can you do, right? Because here I am saying like, don't do it, and that's generally that's the first step. But then people say, well, how do I not do it? So here are just some things to think about. I want you to focus on the word consistency. And I want you to think about your emotional reactions, at least on the outside, when you're around your family, as being vanilla ice cream. So the reason I talk about vanilla ice cream is because, you know, it's pretty neutral and generally pretty pleasant. And everybody knows what vanilla ice cream is being able to keep yourself steady, being able to keep yourself consistent. If you need to go and scream in your car if you need to go into your car and crank some loud music or crank some sa- sad music um uh, somebody just sent me a, a video of Carol King singing uh far away i don't is that the name of the song right and i watched that and i just cried is that the name of the song you're oh, so they- far away Oh, you're I so think. far away yeah um and and so allowing those emotions to come out is perfectly fine but in front of your kids i want you to be vanilla Ice cream. And I also think that it's okay after you have an explosion, after you are overly reactive, because it's gonna happen, because this is really hard. It is okay to let your kids know that you're working on it. It's okay to have a discussion with your kids about the reality of this and that and that how important it is for us all to, to work on managing our emotions in a way so that we're not taking it out on other people. I talk a lot about that anxiety part. Like we pull out the anxiety and I've said to parents, um, pull out your anxiety, give it a name, right? Call it Phyllis, call it Edith and have your kids, have your kids be able to call you on it. Like mom, I think Edith is a little out of control right now. You can do that with your anger too. You can do it. You, you could, you can pull out that part of you and call it your volcano. You can call it your freak out. You can call it your, uh, Sally, whatever. And talk to your kids about this process so that they begin to understand and you begin to model for them how it is that we work on managing our emotions.
1: Do you think seeing a therapist or a psychiatrist would be helpful, but you don't have the time to actually find one? And then, like, when do you have time to meet with them? Try Talkspace. By doing everything online, Talkspace has made getting the help you want easy, accessible, and affordable. relationship issues, and much more. As a listener of this podcast, you'll get $80 off your first month with Talkspace when you go to Talkspace.com slash Fluster. To match with a licensed therapist today, go to Talkspace.com slash Fluster to get $80 off your first month. That's Talkspace.com slash Fluster. How are those New Year's resolutions going? only make laundry day easier for you, but it will also be easier on the planet. So help me make plastic jugs a thing of the past. And if Earth Breeze doesn't end up being the 2024 update of your dreams, you don't even have to return it. Just let them know it's not for you and you'll get a full refund, no questions asked. Get started with Earth Breeze and save 40%. Go to earthbreeze.com/slash That's earthbreeze.com slash for 40% off your subscription. So like if you're in the middle of a freak out and then Mm -hmm. you realize you're freaking out, Mm -hmm. you can say to your little kids, mommy's volcano needed to erupt a minute, but I Mm -hmm. have it under control now. Yes. I hope I didn't get
0: you with my lava. Yes, exactly. Which might, <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. And, and, and being able to stop yourself in the middle of something or even right after being able to say, you know, I, I can be a little compassionate with myself. I understand why that was, why that came out, but I am working on making sure that I don't hit you with my llama or that, uh, you know, crazy Karen doesn't freak out the whole family. So you putting words to it and you owning it is a really great thing to model for your kids. The thing you don't want to do is that you don't want to give yourself free permission to do this and think that consistently blowing up and then offering an apology afterwards is enough. You really have to talk to them about how you're working on it, and that's different than saying, "Look, I know I freak. I I know I was a total freak. Later, uh, you know, I can't help it. I'm sorry that happened. That's not the strategy you want to use. Isn't that the others- worst thing you could say to your kids? I can't help it. That's what you don't uh, want to ever say. That, that's what you don't want to say. You don't want to say I can't help it because that's just you saying to them, I'm out of control. And then that that may be. That's one of the worst things you can say. And then I'll give you, I'll give you what's definitely tie for first place is to say, well, I wouldn't have had to do that if you didn't blank. Right. So, so that blaming thing is really, really destructive at this point. Like if you guys had listened to me or if you guys were doing your online schooling better, or if you guys were this, then I wouldn't have had to have this freak out. Right. Denying accountability. Exactly. Denying accountability.
1: And then saying that you can't help it also says to your kids, there's no point in any self-awareness and self-worth. Right.
0: Right. Right. And it says to them, you can't help it either. So right, you're you're right. Stab, right. You're saying like, well, we're all we're all just these these uncontrolled emotional time bombs, and I guess that's how it's going to be, right? And I've had parents say that to me over the years. Well, this is just what our family does, right? Really. So so it's really it, it, it's again, it is not about being perfect. It's really about being able to to to. I, I call it the post game analysis, which. I I think analysis may be not the right word because I don't think that talking about it over and over and over again is really helpful. But it's sort of maybe, Robin, it's post-game accountability and post-game acknowledgement. Right. And saying, this is what we're working on. That, that is huge. Think about that in your marriage, right? So you do something or your partner does something and then you're, you're, you're oh God, you're so annoyed or you're frustrated. And then that person comes to you and says, you know what, I, I re- recognize what I did and, and that's a pattern I'm working on. So I hope that you can, you can forgive me for the way I behaved or you can help me with the way I behaved, but I own it. That is, that is such a great skill to teach kids. It it will help them, of course, getting through this coronavirus, but in life, the ability to do that is one of the key keys to successful relationships. As we're talking about this, let me just give you a few more tips about the things that you really want to pay attention to with your language and with your responses as we're going through this beware of unlimited reassurance. So what I mean by that, and when I talk about anxiety and worry in general, we know that what I call content-based reassurance is, is sort of one of the traps we get into because anxiety wants certainty. It wants all the answers. So when we are offering unlimited reassurance, oh, it's going to be fine, or oh, nothing's going to happen, or even if we take it out of this coronavirus thing. Like, oh no, you won't throw up today. Or, oh no, people won't judge you. That is what we do in the short term to make our kids feel more certain and to eliminate the uncertainty that anxiety doesn't like. It is okay in this situation to not know all the answers. It is really okay for you to say, we we really don't know exactly when this is going to end. And we really don't know what it's going to be like in the summertime. And we really don't know what's going to happen with older kids. You know, we really don't know what's going to happen with colleges. And we really don't know what's going to happen with your study abroad program. And we really don't know when you're going to see your teachers next. And and it is okay for you to sit in the discomfort of the uncertainty about this. You want to make a differentiation between the things that we can control at this point, which are our social distancing, wearing, um, you know, a mask. Now we're going to wear masks when we go to the grocery store or a scarf, washing your hands, doing all the things that we can. And it is also okay to not know. And, right. It and sounds once- like Yeah. The emotional
1: reassurance you want to give in a well-meaning way denies your kids the ability to sit with the unknown and be comfortable with it. Right. That's probably the most critical skill for resilience right now in this new world than anything we could do for them. Let them be Uh, comfortable with not knowing.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I think when, when you say to sit with the uncertainty, and and for you to be able to sit with them with the uncertainty right? right so so we we are together in this uncertainty so it's okay for you to use that language of uncertainty and to make room for them to have that language of uncertainty one of the things we we don't want to do or one of the things we want to pay attention to is that we don't have to zoom into the future and ask a whole lot of what if questions. We don't have to have a constant flow of, of what's going to happen and what if, what if, what if. It's okay to say to your kids, we are sitting in the uncertainty and we are sitting also in the present. So the the imagination wants to zoom into the future and tell stories and come up with all sorts of things. And we really have to sit in the present in a way that is, is tricky. Worry doesn't like to sit in the present. It likes to zoom into the future. We have to be right here. And that's okay to be right here with it.
1: Lynn, why don't you tell them the time you took your boys to the new Harry Potter park several years ago? It's a perfect oh. example.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, God. Oh, so we went down. the The Harry Potter park had just opened, um, so um, I took my boys down. Um, it was, by the way, hundred and five degrees every day when we were there. So we get there. We're in the hotel room. We were watching some, uh, you know, show on TV, some family show, and then the local or- Orlando news comes on, the ten o'clock news, and the reporter says, you know, and breaking news. We're here with, you know, Amanda so and so, and she is live from the Harry Potter theme park in Orlando. Amanda, what's happening? And goes on to say that the ride has broken down, that they are taking people off. They don't know when it's going to be back up again. And my poor little guys are lying in bed and they're quiet and they, and they say, mommy. Yes. Do you think they're going to fix the ride? Oh, uh, I so wanted to say, yes, absolutely. Of course, they're going to fix a ride. Um, But I said, well, I hope so. And they said, well, what what will we do if we can't go on the Harry Potter ride? I said, well, for one, we're going to be horribly disappointed, right? It's going to be terrible that we came down here. And so many other families are going to feel the same way. Well, do you think that we would come back if, if they don't fix it this time? Do you think we'd be able to come back? And I said, well, I think we're just jumping a little far ahead. We're going to have to figure that out as we go. But isn't this this hard right now? It's hard for you and it's hard for me. I think they're probably working on it as hard as they possibly can. And we are just gonna have to wait until tomorrow to see what happens. And this is this is really not comfortable. It was t- so on the outside, I'm trying to, you know, roll around in the uncertainty and go with the mites and the maybes. I'll tell you, as a mom, I was freaking out inside because here we were in Orlando, Florida, and the ride is broken. So, but we talked through it. They went to sleep. And when we woke up the next day, the ride was fixed and everything worked out fine. I just yeah. laugh because I think of like, you're the only
1: parent in the Metro Orlando area that responded <laughs> to that news <laughs> announcement
0: with those words. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, and it's one of those examples where I say to people, you know, your vanilla ice cream on the inside, I mean, on the outside and on the inside, I mean, I if, if there were thought bubbles over my head. And my kids were seeing what I was thinking. It would not have been a great parenting moment. You were seeing a couple thousand dollar bills and a lighter. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. But it was it. Luckily, it was fine. It all worked out. This message is sponsored by Greenlight. So when you're a parent, you're going to have your fair share of big talks with your kids, right? About all sorts of big topics. One of those big talks should involve money. And Greenlight can help with that. Greenlight is a debit card and a money app that's made for families. It allows you to do instant money transfers. You can get real-time notifications of spending. You can manage chores. You can automate allowance. responsible financial choices. So stop putting off the money talk and start putting your kids on the right path. Sign up for Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com slash fluster. That's greenlight.com slash fluster to try Greenlight for free. Greenlight.com slash fluster. Hey, so the other day I had to change my car insurance and guess what? I bought new car insurance and they sent me a check, right? So that you could buy something and get money back at the same time. Doesn't happen very often and it's pretty darn fun. That's why you got to check out Ibotta. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from groceries to beauty supplies to toys. You can make sure you're beating inflation no matter what you're purchasing. So, The average Ibotta user earns $256 a year. That's actually more than I got back on my car insurance, I'll tell you. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip. Other apps give you points that don't amount to too much. With Ibotta, just add your offers in the app, upload your receipt, and you get real cash that you can cash out to your bank account, PayPal, or gift cards. So join the 50 million users earn cash back every time you shop. Over 2,700 brands, everybody. Retailers, including Lowe's, Sephora, Best Buy. Right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 just for trying Ibotta by using the code FLUSTER when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use the code FLUSTER. That's I-B-O-T-T-A, and use the code FLUSTER.
1: This is all good. One of the questions I also have is, is there anything to note about um, parents who might not be acknowledging their grief or their stress, um, like people who supplant so much too, how can that also be a danger in terms of um, recognizing stakes are just so high right now?
0: Mhm. So you mean sort of trying to push it down and not acknowledge it and not let yourself feel it?
1: Yeah, yeah, that might not yeah. be um it, it just seems like everyone's got emotions from one end to the other. How do yeah. we how do we acknowledge the uncertainty? Um yeah. and how do we acknowledge there's fear right now?
0: Right. From so both one ends. of the, right. So so one of the things to think about is is anger is a, a, and I don't think this is entirely true, but but certainly for a large, in a large uh, percentage of cases, is that a lot of feelings sort of find their way to anger. And so we tend to be Uh, more irritable, more angry, more impatient, even when we're feeling grief and loss and sadness. So I think it's really helpful for parents to be able to acknowledge and to talk to their kids about the things that they feel that they're missing, to acknowledge disappointment, to talk about how it's really hard for them to manage all this change. One of the things we know about kids that do better emotionally with their emotional health is the ability to have what we call emotional literacy. So some people might say, well, I shouldn't I shouldn't talk to my kids about it or I shouldn't share this with them because it's only going to upset them. That's a myth. You don't want to overwhelm them with your emotional uh, reactions of course like we were talking about, but being able to talk to kids about the reality of the way you feel the reality of your own sadness, the reality of your own disappointment is really giving a gift to your kids. You're showing them how to talk about something, how to ask for what they need, how to acknowledge these strong feelings. It is totally fine for a mom to say, you know, I'm feeling really sad right now because I was so looking forward to your birthday party. And so you might see me Uh, Have a few tears about that, and that's okay. Or if you have older kids to say, you know what, I can feel myself being so irritable about this, because I am just mad that this is getting taken away from us. And I'm a little worried myself about where this is going to go the more you give kids words to talk about it, the less these emotions are going to pop out in other places. And they can pop out in physical symptoms. They can pop out in anger. They can pop out in the need to self-medicate. So we always just want to put it out there in a way that is, digestible for kids in a way that, as I said, doesn't overwhelm them or feel scary for them. We are showing them how to talk about and manage. And then we might even say to our kids, I'm feeling really sad and frustrated right now, so I need to go for a walk for about a half an hour. And when I come back, I'm going to be feeling better and we're going to be able to do X, Y, and Z. So showing them how to do it. Can you give us a cheat sheet on all the behaviors that should really be off-limits I am not a big fan, as you can probably guess, of any kind of hitting or physical aggression in families. So that should be off limits. One of the things that I um, heard when my boys were little, because we hung around with a lot of kids that had just boys for some reason, um, is that people would say to me, well, boys will be boys. And that to me was, well, they'll hurt each other. They hit each other. Um, Hitting, physical aggression. I used to say to my kids, Mommy and daddy don't hit each other. We don't hit you. We don't let you hit us. So we're not going to let you hit each other. So there's no reason during this time to, to say, well, because we're all cooped up together, uh, they're going to wail on each other. Um, uh, language that is um, name-calling, swearing, insulting, uh, that should be off limits. Having a temper tantrum, if you are a little person, is a way that you are going to manage this. And so what we want to do if a child is freaking out, if a child is having a temper tantrum, the language that I used to use with with my little boys when they were little is I would say, the answer is still going to be no. And I am going to stand here for as long as you need me to stand here. And when you're ready for a hug or when you are ready to take a deep breath, I will be right here waiting, but the answer is no. So you want to be careful not to... Um, reward that behavior by giving into it, but you want to stand there and be vanilla ice cream. Um, and being destructive in the house. So you can have a temper tantrum if if you're little or if you're big, you can go up in your room and you can cry and you can, you can again, we don't want to support that as a way of getting it out of your system because that really doesn't work. Um, but throwing things, kicking things, wrecking other people's belongings, all of those behaviors whether we're in quarantine or not, are behaviors that should be off limits, period. The other thing you don't want to do is during somebody's freak out, that's not the time to uh, crank up the punishment. So, okay, so now you've lost your phone for two days. Now you've lost your phone for three days. When people are uh, freaking out in that way, kids and adults, they are not available for learning. So you want to be vanilla ice cream. You want to wait it out. And then you can have a discussion afterwards about what's the skill that you all need to work on in order to manage this in a healthier way. Great, thanks. So everybody, um, thank you for joining us. Um, my goal and Robin's goal in this is to give you a retreat to give you information, to give you a time where you can just focus on the things that you're trying to do as a parent during what is such an incredibly challenging time. Um, but, you know, parenting is challenging all the time. It is a uh, constantly moving Uh, target and we're all trying to do the best that we can. So while you're listening to this, I hope that you are feeling some connection. I hope that you are feeling the intent uh, that both of us have in offering you something to help you through this. Whether you're out taking a walk, whether you're sitting in a hot tub, whether you're listening to this before you go to sleep, know that that we are above all else hoping to connect with you because we really are all in this together Um, and nobody is perfect as a parent or as a human being. Um, we're all works in progress. So um, we will uh, see you again soon. Um, we're checking out the uh, Facebook group and looking at your requests and questions. We'll continue to engage in that and I wish you the best as we continue through this time. So thank you so for, much, Lynn. Yeah, thank you for being here Rob and thanks for for all your help. Bye everybody. Mm-hmm.